You're listening to the Raise to Empower podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Kamajis, a licensed clinical social worker with a multi-state online therapy practice. I have a passion for empowering women and mom therapists to break free of the fear, overwhelm, and oppressive systems that hold them back from taking action and building the private practice of their dreams. My goal is for you to boldly believe in yourself as a clinician and business owner. If you're looking for a place to learn practice building strategy and skill while also claiming your own power as a woman and a therapist, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the show. Welcome to this week's episode of the Raised to Empower podcast. Today's episode is a follow-up to last week's show, which was about the pros and cons of accepting insurance in your private practice. But before we get into the topic for today, I just want to remind you about a free upcoming training that I have going on this week. Um, This episode is dropping on Monday and on Wednesday, July 12th, I'm hosting a free workshop called planning for maternity leave and private practice. I see so often many questions from women about how to plan, prepare for, and even take maternity leave in private practice. So I decided to host this free workshop as a way to help support those who are welcoming children into their family, but also trying to navigate running a private practice. In this workshop, you'll get help to think through and prepare scripts for how to disclose your pregnancy to clients, how to cope with pregnancy symptoms while still working with clients, how to prepare your finances professionally and personally to take maternity leave. We'll look at how to secure coverage for your practice and clients while on leave and how to prepare to return to work following the arrival of your child. So if you are currently pregnant or plan on welcoming a child into your family in the future, this is a great workshop to help you begin now to prepare your practice for maternity leave. Just remember that this workshop is this Wednesday, July 12th, and you can sign up at raisetoempower.com forward slash maternity leave, or you can click the link in the show notes of this episode to register. So when I started this podcast, it was really with the purpose of being able to empower fellow women and mom clinicians in building their private practices so that they weren't going to have to make decisions out of fear and worry, but rather with knowledge and self-belief and confidence that they can do it. And often within our profession, really too often, I see there can be so much shaming and judging of others and how they build and structure their practice, which is something that I really never want to do. And one of the biggest debates in our profession is often how you should or shouldn't structure your practice financially. Should you take insurance in your practice or be private pay only? Now, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I encourage you to go back And listen to episode 24, which looked at the pros and cons of accepting insurance in private practice. Now, in today's episode, we're going to look at the pros and cons or upsides and downsides of being a private pay only practice. I think it's really just important to keep in mind that each therapist, each of us has our own reason for wanting to be private pay only or for accepting some insurance in our practice. And I truly, truly do not believe that there is a right or a wrong way to structure your practice financially. It really just depends on your needs and how you want to feel security wise, I think, financially in your practice. 
So just keep that in mind as you listen today. This is not to say what you should or shouldn't do, but really to just help you to think through what are the options and what all do you need to consider. Now, when it comes to having a private pay only practice, there are absolutely many, many upsides to having your practice structured this way. But in this episode, we're just going to focus on three. Again, you could just go on and on, but I'm going to focus on what I see as the top three that most people would probably point to when it comes to modeling their practice as private pay only. The first upside to being private pay is you have the ability to set your own rates. They can be higher rates than others and potentially earn more income than if you were just insurance-based. With an insurance-based practice, you are limited with your income earning potential based on the rate of reimbursement that you have agreed to in contracting with an insurance plan. But when you are private pay only, you have the independence to set your own rate and determine your own value of service versus the insurance company telling you what your work is worth, right? Like the insurance company saying, well, we're only going to pay you X amount for this length of time of therapy. And that may not be what you feel like you are worth or what you feel like you can afford to earn per session. Most therapists with private pay practices have a rate that is higher than typical reimbursement rates for insurance plans, which means either you can work less, so you don't have to see as many clients or have as many sessions and make the same amount as accepting insurance, or you could work the same amount of time, like see the same number of clients that you see with insurance and just make more money. So the income earning potential can absolutely be higher depending on your structure of your fees and what your private pay rates are that you charge clients. Another upside to being private pay only in your practice is really having increased control and flexibility over the work that you do and the services you provide. Now, being a therapist in private practice, already you have way more control and flexibility over your schedule, over the types of clients you work with, regardless of whether you are insurance-based or private pay. You work for yourself, you get to call the shots. Being a private pay-only practice, you get the freedom to design your therapy sessions based on the individual client needs. Most insurance companies will only allow you to bill for certain amounts of time or certain types of treatments. And so you can be limited with how you work with clients. For example, you may want to offer a type of intensive treatment where maybe you meet with a client for extended lengths of time or for multiple sessions per week. Maybe instead of having a typical 60-minute session, you have a 90-minute or even a two-hour session, or you see a client two or three times a week. Now I have seen clients multiple sessions a week for shorter periods of time if they're in the midst of crisis and I've been able to get reimbursement from insurance companies for that. But a lot of insurance companies won't pay for a specialized treatment that maybe requires intensive sessions for maybe an extended length of time or, you know, especially extended lengths of that session. So, you know, over that 60 minutes can oftentimes be difficult to get reimbursed unless it's a crisis or that there's something going on with a client. 
there are some specialized treatments that unless the client is in some kind of like inpatient or intensive outpatient program, the insurance company may give some pushback on reimbursing for that. So you really have the flexibility and independence to offer these kinds of services if you are private pay only without having to have the concern of, am I going to get paid for this? You don't have to worry about if the insurance company is going to pay you back because you're going to get paid directly from that client. You get to determine what kinds of sessions you want to offer and how much you want to charge for them without the insurance company dictating this to you. So you have a lot more control and a lot more flexibility. And then the third benefit of being a private pay only practice that I want to focus on is the streamline of administrative processes in your practice. Now, if you listened to the last episode, you heard me talk about some of the administrative burdens that come with accepting insurance plans, things like the credentialing process, as well as ongoing billing for each session and having to process claims and and go back through those finances. But with a private pay practice, that particular headache, especially around the insurance company, is not a concern. Now, if you think being private pay only means you're not going to have any like additional admin work, I'm sorry to tell you that um, you are incorrect. (laughs) You absolutely will still have administrative work and details that will need to be tended to, but it can be significantly less than if you were taking an insurance plan. So for example, with billing, it is just a matter of charging the client's card or their credit card for that session, and then following up with whatever accounting system you have for your business. You may have to create a super bill to give that client if they plan to submit for reimbursement themselves from their insurance company for out-of-network benefits. But the truth is it can be a lot less tedious than having to create and file a claim and then process those payments from the insurance company. And with being private pay, you get paid immediately. As soon as that credit card is charged, sometimes it may take a day or two, but it's going to be in your bank account. If you accept cash payment, you have that in your hand immediately. So whatever method of payment you use, whether it's credit card, cash, or check, you have those funds as soon as that is charged, as soon as that is in your hand. Versus with an insurance company, it can sometimes take a few days to a few weeks to get paid. There can be a big upside to getting paid as a private pay only practice because your bank accounting will be a bit more consistent. You're not going to be at the mercy of when the insurance company decides, okay, now we're processing this claim and we're going to send that money to your bank account. It's a lot more consistent flow into your account with private pay only. We've all been told we need to network in our private practice, but no one actually tells us how to do it or what to say. Enter Comprehensive Connecting, effective scripts that expand your networking community and actually fill your online practice. This free guide will give you effective scripts to connect with fellow clinicians, medical professionals, and community stakeholders to build strong networking relationships that will help fill your practice. In this guide, you will get tips and tricks for building relationships that will lead to referrals in your practice, real life examples of messages used to connect with referral sources, and customizable plug and send scripts for your specific practice needs. So download your free scripts guide today by going to bit.ly forward slash comp connecting. 
just as there are many upsides of being a private pay only practice, there can also be some downsides. One of the challenges that can come with being a private pay only practice is affordability and accessibility for clients. This is not to say that you shouldn't have a private pay practice, not at all, but you have to consider who your ideal client is and make sure that they can afford your rate. If you are passionate about working with young adults who are recently graduated from college, will they be able to afford your full rate? Now, depending on the industry that they work in, they might be able to, but for many others in that niche, they're not necessarily going to be able to pay out of pocket. That does not mean that it is not a good niche for you to have. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't be private pay, but you really have to consider who do you want to work with? And is that ideal client likely to be willing to pay out of pocket for their sessions? Another example, if you're interested in working with military service members or their families, they are most likely going to want to use their TRICARE insurance benefit. For some, it's not just a want, it's a need, depending on how long they've been in the service um, and how much they're actually getting paid. So if you are sold on wanting to be private pay only, and that's the client population, you know, the military population is who you want to work with, you really might need to consider if being private pay or if working with that population is right for you and your practice. Again, doesn't mean that you aren't going to get some people who have TRICARE who are willing to pay out of pocket, but you're going to have to look at who are those individuals, what stage are they in their career with the military that they are likely to be able to afford that. So regardless of who your niche is, this needs to be part of looking at the profile of who that ideal client is. Can they afford your services? Can they afford to pay out of pocket? Even if you say, well, I'm going to have a lower fee, is that still something that they can do? And I'm not sitting here saying that they can't do that, but you really just have to look at who that client is and how are you going to make sure your marketing message is directed to them. So that kind of slides into the second downside or thing you really need to consider if you are going to be private pay only. One of the challenges that can come from having a private pay only practice is marketing. In order to draw in clients who want to work with you, regardless of whether you accept insurance or are private pay only, they have to know that you are the person that can help them address their specific problem. If you are marketing yourself as a generalist or without much clarity on the specific niche that you focus on, potential clients are going to be less likely to pay completely out of pocket for your services. They may be even less likely to come to you with their insurance if it's not really clear the work that you do. But if your marketing materials, so things like your website, your social media, your newsletters, whatever it is that you use to market your practice, if those things clearly speak directly to your ideal client, they're going to feel drawn into you and confident that you are the therapist that can help them. And they're going to be knocking down the door to work with you especially if they are private pay and it is very clear that you are the type of therapist they're looking for, they're going to be willing to pay out of pocket knowing that you specialize in the thing that they are looking for support around. You also have to remember that one of the benefits of accepting insurance that I spoke about in episode 24 
was that with accepting insurance, you have a built-in referral system from the insurance company and their support, sometimes even directly referring to you. In private pay, that doesn't exist because you don't have this like other marketing machine directly referring people to you. So you really have to just make sure that your marketing plan and your marketing message is just very clear that it's on point and speaking directly to your ideal client. The last downside of being private pay only that I want to explore is the financial stability and fluctuation of being private pay. If you are a practice that is private pay only, clients may not be as likely to stay in therapy long-term simply due to the out-of-pocket expenses that they have. Now, there absolutely are clients who will continue to pay out-of-pocket for longer-term therapy. Yes, I have some of those clients. But the reality, again, is that not everybody can do that. So clients may come in to therapy just for a certain amount of sessions or not wanting to even do weekly sessions. As another example, they may want to just do biweekly simply because they can't afford to do more. It's not that they don't want more therapy, but they have to look at what can they afford in their work with you. That might mean that you have a higher turnover rate of clients that are private pay versus accepting insurance. If they only have a small copay with their insurance, they may be willing to work with you a little bit longer term, especially, you know, if you are somebody who works, you know, with individuals around trauma, that can be some really extensive and long-term therapy. And so if that is a, a niche or area that you really want to focus on, how can you structure your private pay fee in a way that could be more sustainable for some people? And again, this absolutely varies therapist to therapist. This is where you have to make sure you have a very clear and specific niche with clear marketing of how you can help. And this will help to make sure that you have people continuing to seek you out specifically for therapy. What makes you different or stand out from other therapists? Why should they work with you? That is going to be key to drawing in clients, again, regardless of whether it's private pay or insurance-based, but especially if you are wanting to be private pay only, that niche, that specialty, that focus has to be clear from the get-go when someone looks your information up or reads any of your marketing materials. It is important that you have a plan for if and when you have downtime in clients coming in. It may be a bit more of a revolving door and there may be more dips in referrals coming in depending on the marketing strategy that you have. So how will you handle that financially? How will you prepare for that in your business? Do you want to make sure you have a cushion before you leave your full-time job, knowing that it could take time to build things up? If you're just in the starting phase of your practice and you're thinking that you do want to be private pay only, you will need to make sure you have a financial plan for starting out that isn't going to leave you without any income. It can take time to build up your practice, especially without the referral base of insurance companies. So just make sure you have some kind of savings or cushion to help you get by. So as we wrap up, I really just want to make sure you hear loud and clear from me. And if it's coming across that there is one specific way to do this, let me know and I can clarify in further episodes. I really hope you can hear me say that there absolutely is no right or wrong answer to either being private pay only or accepting insurance in your practice. It is all about figuring out what type of financial setup works for you. 
if you are on the fence about if you want to take insurance and you didn't listen to last week's episode, please make sure you go back and listen to episode 24 and then sit down and make your own list of the pros and cons of each of these models and how it would impact you and your family's finances. Just remember your situation is different than someone else's. So don't make a decision about accepting insurance or just being private pay only based off of what somebody else decided to do for themselves. You get to, and you need to decide what works for you, not what they tell you you should do. I really hope this episode has given you some things to think about and will help guide you on your journey of considering if you want to accept insurance or if you want to be private pay only. And lastly, don't forget, if you are wondering about taking maternity leave in private practice, be sure to sign up for the free workshop that I am running this Wednesday on July 12th. And again, you can find the link to sign up in the show notes. Thanks for listening today. And I will see you back here next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Raise to Empower podcast. Check the show notes for all links and resources mentioned in the show. If you found today's episode helpful or inspiring, be sure to share it with your therapist friends. And don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave your five-star rating and review. It truly means so much to me and will help us get our message of empowerment out to other women and mom clinicians. And I'd love to connect with you in our Facebook community. So check out the show notes for the link or head to bit.ly forward slash raise to empower to join us. I'll see you back here next week.